Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, We've been in the middle of this series called Inspired. It's about learning to live in the Spirit and live a life connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the most important things, if not the most important thing, it's the fulfillment of the vision of God for your life, that you would not go through life alone, that you would go through life fully connected to Him. The Scriptures declare that in Him, in Him, we live and move and have our being. You don't even exist outside of him. All of your existence is inside of him, and we have access to him by his spirit. So if you've missed any of those messages, you're going to go to our podcast, go to our online archive on YouTube, and make sure that you click those and listen to those. This is a fantastic series. We're going to continue with it today, and next Sunday, next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Do not miss church next Sunday. Pentecost is one of the most important holidays inside of all of Christendom. It's right up there with Christmas and Easter. Pentecost is the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit being poured out on all flesh, and it's a huge part of our Christian culture, and it's a huge part of us becoming who God has called us to become. Amen? Amen. So at this time, I want to welcome my friend, Pastor Landon, to the stage, an incredible speaker, a great leader. And in his city, uh, he was, uh, he was in- inducted into a group of 40, I believe the 40 most influential men under 40 in all of Flagstaff, Landon was inducted Amen. into. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Come yeah. on. He's got lots to celebrate, and we're excited to hear from me. A great word for you. Pastor Landon, take it away. Love you, man. Thank you so much. Of course, I was only in competition with like 10 other people, so that's pretty good. Uh, but no, it was, uh, it was wonderful uh, to be inducted into that and to see some other wonderful things happening in Flagstaff uh, and, and what God is doing out there. But I'm just thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be in Dallas, I'm in McKinney, and with Oaks Church in your new, new beautiful building. I'm jealous. Come on, let's get, look at this. This is awesome. Now I want you to look at somebody next to you on your right or your left and say, you better start smiling. You're at church. <laughs> Tell your face what your spirit is saying. <laughs> Uh, we, we ought to smile while we're at church. We ought to get excited that we got, you got a wonderful building, you got a great church, you got great friends, you got a great family, great loved ones that are here, you got God on your side, you got, and if God before you, who could be against you? If, if we can't get excited just at the very fact that Jesus died and rose again and Pentecost Sunday is coming and that was the fulfillment of the New Testament, I think Pentecost Sunday should be just as big as Easter because Easter with just the cross doesn't mean as much if there's no fulfillment of the covenant and the testimony poured out. So man, I'm thankful that we're right here smack dab in the middle of the upper room moment where we're praying, God, show up. Oh, come on, church. I believe that we ought to start showing up to church and believing God will show up too. Well, I think some of us worship and we worship in such a way that we really think God won't do anything. Got real quiet, no amens on that. I I believe that God wants to do a great work today, but can I invite you to do something with me? Uh, Will you stand with me? Back up, yeah, I know, yep, you're like, gosh, I already don't like this guy. I wanna read this scripture. And then I wanna pray, and then we're gonna go right into what the Holy Spirit has to say, okay? 
So we're just gonna flow with that. Some of you who are new to the Holy Spirit, you watch Pastor Joel and, and your pastors and Bishop Brandon and all these guys flow with the Holy Spirit. Let me just, that's not really his title. He's not Bishop. <laughs> Apostle and bishop right here. But we have we flow with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I think I have a good word that God gave me, but if God wants to speak something totally different, we gotta flow with that. Is, or is that good? Okay. And you're gonna see it. If you don't not familiar with the Holy Spirit, this is how you flow with the Holy Spirit at this church. You're gonna see your preachers, pastors, and leaders do this all the time. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. I'm gonna read just a few scriptures. It says, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Everybody say amen right there. You gotta learn how to give a good amen at church because a quiet believer is a dying believer. And when you learn how to activate your faith, you're gonna activate something powerful in you. And right here is so tremendous and so powerful because sometimes when you don't have anything but faith, all you need is faith. And you know how strong your relationship is with the Lord when all you have is the Lord. And so right here it says, strengthen yourself in the Lord. Then David said to Abathar, the priest of Amalek's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. This is very important, remember that. And Abathar brought the ephod to David, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue, this is the Lord saying it, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, say it with me, recover all. Oh Lord, we thank you, God. Everything the enemy took, we're getting it back. Everything, Lord, that COVID took, we're getting it back. If we lost a loved one, God, new life is coming. If we lost a business, new life is coming. If we lost, if we had hurt, if we had pain, if we had suffering, if we had trials, God, we thank you. Oh, right now, Holy Spirit, what the enemy took, he cannot keep. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to give it all back, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing in our life, that you would do exceedingly, abundantly, above and be beyond all that we could ask, think, or imagine. And I thank you, Lord. We don't deserve to win, but Lord, you said, I'll help you win. And I thank you, Lord, we get to walk in the wake of your victory today, and not like victims, but like victors. And I thank you, God, that we're gonna finally start seeing beyond the battle into our blessing, beyond the fight into the supernatural. And I thank you, Lord, that you're gonna speak to your children. You're gonna speak to your men and women to empower them to not leave church the same way they came in. And Lord, if they're tuning in online today, wherever you're tuning in from, whatever city, whatever state, if you're in a home, if you're in a prison right now, I pray right now that the Holy Spirit translate through that lens and that screen just as powerful as it is in person. And I thank you, Lord, that you are going to speak a word that will not return void because your word is not in question. The soil is the only thing that needs to be prepared. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Let's give God some praise one more time. You may be seated. I'll have you stand in here in a second anyway. Uh, but we have this awesome, awesome, wonderful word to unpack today. But can I paint the picture for you so you can see it? And then I'll give you the title. Of course, Pastor Joel mentioned I am from Flagstaff, and I love our church in Flagstaff. They're having church right 
now at the same time. So that's really cool. My father's preaching in our church in Lake, uh, Flagstaff and my sister's preaching in our church in Lake Havasu. And now we are, uh, because we just launched a few years ago and when we launched, we're just like you. We're like, okay, God, what are you gonna do? And now we're the fastest growing church in Northern Arizona, soon to be the largest church in Northern Arizona, which is like, all right, Jesus, we thank you. And the reason we get excited about that is because in spite of me, God still does it. And I love that because I'm not good enough but he is. And it's by his grace we see God doing an incredible work, doing a great thing. And so I have my wonderful wife that is included in the mix of that. She's at home with our first baby. Let me just tell you, 75% of you clap because you kind of understand. The rest of you, uh, we've been praying for 13, we've been praying for over 13 years to have a baby. And we're gonna have a baby. Oh, all right, now, I, can't, I can't talk about, my, I love my wife and I love my baby that's on the way, I can't talk about it, I'll cry the whole day, okay. <clears throat> but it's wonderful to be here with you and I wanted to be here with you because Pastor Joel and I were hanging out and, and I was just hearing about the wonderful things that God is doing here and he said, I want you to come and preach and, and I'm just so thankful that you have uh, such incredible leaders, no, no, not perfect, incredible leaders that in spite of all adversity say, God, I'm not giving up. God, I'm moving forward. God, I'm sticking to it. God, we're gonna make, God, we're gonna move forward and we're gonna see the kingdom of God grow and we're gonna impact lives because that's what you called, created, and established us to do. And I want you to give a big hand for your pastors and your leaders of this church. Come on, yeah. Awesome, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's get into the word, okay. When you talk about this word, the picture here is, is a battle that happens with the Amalekites between David and the Amalekites. The Amalekites, you need to write this down if you're taking notes, which you should be every time you come to church, because the moment you stop taking notes is the moment you stop learning. And if you stop learning, you stop growing. And if you stop growing, you stop seeing God's fresh glory in your life. If you start taking what God is saying to you seriously, got real quiet. God will start taking what you have to say seriously. So God has a word for you today, and in this word, you see this picture of David fighting the Amalekites. The Amalekites, I want you to write this down, even if you don't know how to spell it, A-M-A-Kite, and you just, right there, okay, you write it down, and then you have the Amalekites, and the Amalekites represent something very interesting, they're dangerous. I want you to, I want you to put next to Amalekites, or however you spelt it, Amalekites, you just put right next to it, you put vulnerability. Malachites were dangerous, not because they were enormous or powerful, it's because they preyed on vulnerable people. They only attacked when the men were gone. They only attacked when you didn't see it coming. I wonder if I can preach to somebody's heart for just a second. If you got blindsided in 2020 and throughout this year, and a year and a half now, of you got attacked in your area of vulnerability, did you know that in 2020, divorce rate went up 70%? Somebody say, whoa, right there. Whoa, 70%, 70%. One out of four people thought of suicide in 2020. That means I'm talking to a room full of people who had some dark, deep thoughts. And let me just tell you, 
The enemy's job is to prey on your vulnerability and your hurt and your weakness when you don't know. And the Amalekites, that's what they represent. But I'm gonna share a praise report because God gets his just and he works his work out and he does it for the good of those who love him and the Amalekites are about to lose. Oh, somebody just begin to start get hopeful right now. Smile a little bit because where the enemy preyed on your vulnerability, God's about to say, no, no, not with my people. Not with my, I'm about to have a daughter. Oh, no, 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 I have like this automatic switch that went off. I'm like, don't you even talk about my daughter. Don't come near my daughter. You know, I'm very protected, and that's because that's my weak spot. That's my little heart. And, and the enemy tried to prey on, so the Amalekites, when you see this picture, the Amalekites came in because David was gonna go fight with the Philistines, and we don't have time to go into all that, but he was gonna usurp the Philistines while they were at a battle against the Israelites, the Philistines sent him away, and while he was en route from Philistines back to Ziklag, where he was encamped with his men, the Amalekites attacked. They took everything and burned everything. And so when they got back to Ziklag, when they got back to Ziklag, all of a sudden they see everything gone, and everybody began to weep. And while it may look like everybody lost the same amount of things, David lost more. Because David's the leader, and now David lost his wives and lost his kids, just like everybody lost their wives and their kids, lost their jobs, lost their businesses, lost a lot of things in their life. But the one thing that made the difference between David and the rest of them is David lost the belief of all the people he had with him. And let me just tell you, I gotta talk to some people's hearts right now. The worst thing you could ever do to a leader is stop believing in them. Oh, somebody said amen right there. It, you gotta stop, you gotta believe, when, when, it, when they're not perfect, believe in them. When they, when they fail, believe in them. When they're not, when they're not doing everything they, that you think they should, believe in them because the worst thing you can do, and I'm, let me just translate this to God and Jesus for a second, the worst thing you can do is stop believing in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of heaven and earth. The worst thing you could do in your life is lose your faith in them. Your leaders in your life, whether it be God or man, you have people in your life that you, the worst thing you could do is stop believing. So David has this moment where he's just distraught and, and he feels like he's lost everything. But he says something interesting. I want you to write this down, ephod. Now ephod represents, I'm gonna give you one word, the presence, the presence of God. Yes, it represents a little bit more than that. It was the garments that they would wear uh, to walk into the presence of God, but it represents the presence of God, being able to have access to the presence of God. And Pastor Joel just taught about this last week about how to pray in the spirit. So when David said, bring me the ephod, what he was saying is I need to get in tune with the spirit of God. Bring me the presence of God. And so he called, now this is, the, this is we, we will see this all the way. When, remember when David danced before the Lord with the ark? He had this ephod on. When David, but he got it a while back. He had it for a long time. Can I tell you how he got it? If you go all the way back, say go way back. Come on, say preacher, go way back. Go all the way back, and when you go all the way back, you talk about the story that a lot of people know because there's the two main things that everybody likes to talk about when it comes to David. David and Goliath, or David and Bathsheba. His greatest success and his greatest failure, usually. And people will usually help shape you that way, too. They're gonna talk about your greatest success, and they're gonna talk about your greatest failure. But can I tell you, that's not how David defined himself. And so when he goes over, he goes all the way back. And when you go all the way back, you talk about how he had to overcome the battle of, of rejection from his father, the battle of his brothers hating him, the battle that he had to go through with Saul belittling him. And then he had to go fight Goliath. He had to fight a giant in spite of all this. And when he fought the giant, he, somebody say one. Y'all act like you didn't know the story of David and Goliath. 
Pastor Joel, have we done this? Have we taught this yet? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So you have the story where he beats Goliath. Now that's, we all know. But when he beats Goliath, he takes the armor. He gives the sword to the priests and he gives the sword to the prophets and he gives the head to go to the Jerusalem and to be a reminder to everybody who comes against Israel. So then after this, when he goes down, and after he wins, now Saul invites him to the palace. When Saul invites him to the palace, Saul is sitting in his throne, has a spear in his hand, and a frustrating spirit of the Lord comes in the room. Did you know that God will frustrate you? Some of us, we wanna pray that God, oh no, God wants me to be comfortable. I like to be comfortable. I wanna be, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. God also wants to frustrate you out of your circumstance and situation, out of your mess and out of your issues. And sometimes the conviction of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. But Saul had a spear in his hand and when the frustrating spirit came in the room and Saul got mad and insecure at David, he took that spear and threw it at David's head. But David in his hand only had an instrument of worship. Can I ask you right now, what's in your hand? When a frustrating spirit and a frustrating time and a challenging time comes in your life, what's in your hands will reveal what's in your heart. What are you holding on to? Are you holding on to bitterness? Are you holding on to unforgiveness? Are you holding on to, because when a frustrating, when testing times come, what's in you will come out of you. And insecurity was in Saul, and God was trying to get Saul out of that place of insecurity. But Saul, Saul had no need to have a spear. He's in his palace. He had no need to have a spear in his hand. He was in, surrounded by the kingdom, surrounded by good people, surrounded by godly people. He didn't need to have it. Why did he have a spear in his hand? Because insecurity was just that close. But in David's hand, the Bible says it was an instrument of worship and he worshiped before the Lord. So when David felt that same, I'm telling you, David felt frustrated too. I guarantee you when a spear comes flying at your head, I bet you're thinking a few things. But what was in David came out of David and the Bible says that he behaved more wisely. And he took off and he ran. When he ran, did you know where David ran? I'm getting back to the ephod. When David ran, he ran and he took off and he got to the priests and the prophets. He went to a holy place. Oh, he went to church. Everybody say, he went to church. He went to church, he went to a holy place. He didn't go to, he didn't go to a practical place. What would a practical place be? I'm David, I killed the Goliath. I've got warriors that are loyal to me. And Saul's coming after me. Where, should, where would you go? I would go to my homies, right? I'd go to my crew, I'd go to my brother who's six foot five. I'd go to my best friend that's back there, Dominique, six eight, and my other best friend. I'd go to them like, hey, let's get the squad around us. Let's get the squad. Everybody bigger than me, stand close to me. And I wanna have a huge army around me, so I feel that's what I would do, wouldn't you? If someone was trying to tap, but David didn't go to the practical, he went, again, you're hearing these similar words, to the presence. So he went into the holy place, and when he went to a holy place, he got there and they, and, and, and they said, hey, we need to equip you, and, and, and I, this is the short story version of it, but when they went to equip him, they said, oh, well, you need a weapon? Oh, the weapon's over there. He's like, what weapon? They were like, the weapon. What do you, do you think I know, you know what I'm talking about? He goes, what's the sword? They said, yes, the sword of Goliath. He said, oh, there's nothing like it. They said, but, 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 but. It's behind the ephod. So to get to the sword, you have to get to the, through the ephod first. And so you hear where I'm, who's my preachers out there? I already see where I'm going. There's, a, there's the presence, but there, there's the sword behind it. And he said, you, if you're gonna take the sword, take the ephod too. And so he takes this, and David then now takes this ephod and has the sword of Goliath. Now, let's talk about this. 
If you're about to go into a battle like David was at Ziklag against the Amalekites and multiple times, if you are about to go against an adversary, whether they're big or small, and you know you're an incredible warrior with incredible warriors around you, which one do you grab first? Do you grab the sword or do you grab the ephod? Because what he did is he didn't go for the sword first. The sword represents, and I want you to write this down, the practical. When problems come in your life, do you reach for the practical? Do you pick up the phone or do you pick up the word? Do you pick up an opportunity to say, oh God, I'm just, uh, this is what I do. I just get my checkbook out. I just go to my practical to-do list. Where's my eight personalities out there? And you're just like, check, 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 check. And, and, And you go to the practical before you go to the presence. Let me just tell you, the presence is where you go every single time you have an issue. David could have reached for the sword, but David said, bring me the ephod. When it came to the battle of Keilah, David said, bring me the ephod. When it came to the Philistines, David said, bring me the ephod. When it came to the Amalekites, David David did not say, bring me the sword of Goliath. Let's show them who's boss. He said, bring me the ephod. He knew he could beat them, but he was saying, God, do you give me permission? Oh, I want to shape somebody's uh, courage in this place. I want to reshape it to a place where you know you're going to win. All you need to do is ask if you should win that battle. See, the title of my message today... see Goliath and say, all I see is a fight. Every time I see, oh, Goliath is here. Oh, the Amalekites are here. Oh, the Philistines are here. Doesn't it feel like you ever read the Bible and you go in the Old Testament, it's like they fight the Philistines like every other chapter. (laughs) They took a lunch break. Let's fight again. Took a breather. Let's get a massage. Let's fight again. And the Philistines kept coming back. and, And this is what could happen. David was a warrior, a man of God who was a powerful warrior. And if you're not careful and you're a warrior and you've been in a lot of fights, everything will look like a fight. And you, you won't question whether or not you should fight. You'll automatically fight. Just like Joshua, when he came to the top of the hill and he was overlooking Jericho and he saw the angel of the Lord, he pulled his sword and said, whose side are you on? Because he was ready to fight him because Joshua was a warrior and he couldn't see beyond the battle into his blessing. He couldn't see beyond the battle and say, not everything and everyone I encounter is a problem. He said, oh, I I see Saul and Saul's trying to kill me. But if I'm not careful and I only see the battle, I can't see beyond that. I'll look at everybody as a fight. I'll look at everybody as an issue. In fact, the battle will become so big, I won't see my God as bigger. Pretty soon, if all you see is the battle, you'll you'll never be able to see God's glory. But your battle cannot trump God's glory in your life, God's good. This is how I know David did this so much, but he started it with Goliath. He said, you come against me with a spear and a sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. I come again, I can see beyond you, Goliath. I can see over you. See, some of you, your giant is bigger than your God and you have to start flipping the script and see beyond your battle. Stop seeing everybody who's not your way politically as an adversary. Everybody you come against, oh, they're an enemy. And you automatically look for the fight rather than the favor first. And God is saying, I've got greater favor if you'll stop seeing everything as a fight. In fact, I'll fight it for you if you'll stop trying to attack everything. Everything is not a problem. Let me talk to some of the men. The men in the room, when we hear our wives talking about some issues, all they need us to do is listen. 15 years of marriage, I'm learning that. Just barely, but learning that. And you know what? Sometimes you just need to hear it out. You don't need to go fix anything. 
You don't need to go fight. You don't need to get, let somebody's head roll. You don't need to chop somebody's head off. Not everything is about, you need to pray about it. You need to say, God, I, I, wanna, I wanna get in your presence. I wanna pray. I wanna pray, God, should I do this? When my wife and I were deciding, hey, we're gonna go for in vitro, 13 years of not being able to have kids, and I said, honey, we've gotta try it. Let's try in vitro. We did adoption, we did some other stuff, so we did all kinds of things throughout the years, and then we've never done an IVF, and I said, let's, let's pray about it, and let's see if the Lord releases us and gives us peace about it. And let me just tell you, if the battle was bigger than the blessing, we'd have never done it. Because when I see what my wife had to go through with 800 shots, that she had to do for like the, and I'm not talking about tequila, I'm talking about like injections. She had to do, I need to make that clear. Some of y'all look confused out there in the back rows especially. I, I, I wanna make sure you, she had those, and she had pills, and she had all these things that she had to go through. We had doctor's appointment, doctor's appointment, doctor's appointment, doctor's appointment. But if all we could see was the battle and we couldn't see beyond our battle to the blessing, then the battle would be too much. I would have given up. We would have quit. We would have lost hope. We would have lost faith. But I knew that my God is greater. I knew that my God is bigger. And I don't need to look at the battle. I need to see beyond my battle into my blessing. I need to see, oh God, you got greater favor. You got a greater victory. God, you can do it. I want to get into a greater dimension mention why why because I need to be able to pick my head up I pray that somebody put your head in the clouds and hands to the plow You're, you need to be heavenly minded and earthly good and you need to understand that the presence of God will usher you into a place in a dimension where not everybody looks like an enemy not everybody not everybody the Bible says in Titus to the wicked everything looks wicked oh I bet they're sinning Oh, I bet there's something wrong with that. Come on, you super saved people out there. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go. And we point and we point and we point. But the Bible says that it's because there's wickedness in their heart. They see wickedness in everyone else. And I don't need to see wickedness in everyone else. I need to see righteousness in other people. I need to see the grace of God over people. I need to see favor over. I need to see my Saul who's attacking me. And I need to see Saul and say, Saul is God's anointed. I will not touch him. And that is where we can step back and say, okay, God, I trust you. I trust you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get in the presence of God. And then after he says that, he says, okay, Lord, do you want us to fight this battle? And God says, Go get them. Get everything back. Take it all back. And so David goes out there to fight him. He's got 600 men. And when he steps out with 600 men, he's like, okay, let's do this, guys. Are you ready? Everybody ready? Everybody ready? Let's go get our families back. And they start to march out and they get ready to cross the river. And 200 men say, we're too tired. Now he's down to four. They were already outnumbered. And David was, David was gonna fight with less, but he was about to do more. Reminds me of Gideon, 300 men. It reminds me of multiple stories throughout the Bible. Elijah with just a stick, the woman with just a meal. It's a little less than, but they're about to do more. Reminds me of a story in my life. 
Now, uh, anybody a workout? You guys like working out or jazzercise? Nobody? Three people? Two people like working out. Okay, Texas. Come on, McKinney. Here we go. If you like uh, working out, you go to anybody do yoga, like the, where's my ladies who like to do the, you know, all the yoga stuff. My wife, we lived in this apartment above this beautiful place and, and they had like all the shops and they had like some workout places and Orange Theory and I don't know if I'm hitting some targets here for it, but when they, they also had this place called Bar Workout and it was not like a bar bar, it was a bar work, right? It looked like a ballet bar. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You know, I need to paint the, okay, good. All right, so then we're, we're getting ready and I was like, my wife was like, hey, let's go do this. If we go, then what will happen is we'll be, they, they have, you can win a chance for like a three month free membership. And I was like, hun, we'll go do what you wanna do, then we'll come home and we'll do it. No, I, I, I was, that's too, that's too far, that's too far. So we had, I was like, hun, I'm just trying to score points, baby, I'll go with you at any workout you wanna do, let's do this. And so we're gonna go down and we're gonna go work out. And then right before that, she was like, oh no, I forgot, I have a thing with the girls and we gotta go. And she was like, will you just go do it for me? And I was like, of course, I got this, babe. And so I went down to go do the workout and I got there and I automatically realized I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> Cause I opened the door and it's nothing but women. I mean, just a bunch of women, young women in shape and eager to work out. And I was like, and you hear the jazzercise music in the back. And then there's mirrors all around the room with a ballet bar. Every, every weight equipment is pink. I'm like, whoa. And so I'm sitting there and they're like, oh, hi. And I, I felt weird because I'm not old enough to not need a woman. And I'm not young enough to be, not be ready for a woman. I'm in that age range where I'm looking. So I look like, a, so I didn't have my wedding rings on because I'm gonna go work out. So I, felt, I was like, oh, I look like the weirdo. Like, hey, scandal. Watch you guys. What are y'all doing here? So instead of being the pervert in the room, I was like, hi, my name's Landon, I'm married. My wife couldn't be here. She sent me here to work out for that. And every person I'm like, I'm, I'm introducing myself. I've been married for 10 years. I'm telling them all the years and my wife and all this stuff. And I was like, I pretty much I'm just going around. Hi, I'm Landon, I'm not a pervert. Hi, I'm Landon, I'm not a pervert. Hi, I'm Landon, I'm not a pervert. And so we start working. And the lady, she's like, she's the instructor or whatever. And she goes, hey, you know, get ready. You wanna grab some lightweight? She had tens. And I was like, I'll get my weight. The highest they had was 30s. And I was like, 30s, I curl 35s. So I walk over here and I grab my weights and, and then they start the class. How many know where it's going? And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, ladies, grab your ball. So you have to bounce on this ball and you got this workout. And they're like, all right, here we go. One, two, three. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. Oh yeah, here we go, here we go. And they're doing all this workout, I mean, just crazy. And I was like, and me, I'm sitting there, I'm like with my 30s, I'm like, oh, 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 oh my God. And I'm just, and then I, I realize I am way, this is stupid. I'm like, I'm, and I, but I'm close to the waist, so I'm like, ha, 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 and I grab my 10 pounders, and I'm like, yeah, whoo, I'm with you, I'm with you, here we go, here we go, all right, all right, because I could do more with less. Oh, somebody give God some praise right there. See, you're trying to do a lot with a lot, and God's saying you'll travel farther with less baggage. You'll get farther with less. If you can just take less and go with little, I'll show you how big I am. I'll show you how great I am. Oh, oh yeah, I'll show you how big. I saw David do it with just some five stones. I saw a man of God, I saw Jesus do it with a dysfunctional group of 12. I saw God take less and do more, because when man has more, you corrupt all. But when you go with less, oh, the 
glory of God shines through and God can magnify, God can bless, God can increase, God can get the victory. Oh, I'm preaching. And I believe, some of y'all are like, I'm not used to all the yelling. Let me just tell you, if you walked in here with no passion, at least take a little of my passion with you today. Because the last thing that we need is a bunch of quiet Christians slowly dying at church instead of getting alive in Christ and speaking boldly about who God is and say, oh, because what will rob you, what will rob you of your confidence is, I don't know enough scripture, I don't really go to church enough, I don't pray enough, I don't worship enough, I don't know those songs. Lewis, oh, the worship team, God, worship team, you guys crushed it, what an awesome time. But we, we, we just constantly, I need to have more. I need to know more. I need to figure it out more. Oh, it's just prudence. It's wisdom. You need to, no, 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 no. Forget that. We had a bunch of young men who knew nothing, yet stepped into a boat with Jesus and changed the world. We can do more with less, and God proved it over and over and over and over. It's only in our own flesh do we reach for the practical instead of his presence. It's only in our foolish man's desire that we reach for our intellect instead of his inspired all word of God, instead of his inspired Holy Spirit gifted in our life to step up, step out, and say, God, I, I think you'll show up. I, I, I'm tired of going to church and people worshiping a God they, they expect him to not show up. That was what's ha what was happening all the time, praying. They were shocked when an angel showed up. They were shocked when God moved. Let us not be shocked that God shows up when we call on him. That we step into this place that we can see beyond our battle, beyond our normal, beyond our nature, and into a greater dimension of glory and blessing and favor. Because if you can see beyond that, you'll always overcome it. And then what happens is so powerful, and I'm gonna close. You wanna come join? Who's, who's gonna join me to close? Just a little flow, lay some, you know, set the mood, Milan is playing. Let me just tell you, God is gonna speak to you throughout the rest of this week about this word. And he's gonna continue to let it marinate in your life because you are hearing the names Saul and David, Amalekites, Philistines. I'm gonna ask you, who are you in this story? A lot of us like to picture ourselves as David. Are you? Are we David? You know, the interesting thing I like to look back on is I think about David and Goliath. And, and I know David is a depiction of things to come and the bloodline of Jesus will come through him and we, we know all that. But I look at David when he fights Goliath, Pastor Joel, and it, while all the people are afraid and they're like, oh, somewhat relieved and kind of angry that they think he can do it and they send him to go do it. We as Christians have taken that story and we constantly look for the David to fight our battles. Instead of what if the story was flipped and every man in that army grabbed each other's hands and says, we're not waiting on Goliath. We're gonna take this right now. 
And instead of waiting for one person to fight all of our battles for us, instead of Pastor Joel, well, we'll just bring them to church and Pastor Joel will get them saved. Oh, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll let them go do the missionary work. Oh, God bless them, we'll send them some money. Why don't we just become the, the other part of this story where we say, let's do this together. Because David took a band of mighty men, not by himself, and he won it all back. He won it all back. No, 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 not David. They won it all back. They went out and they said, let's do this together. Let's change McKinney. Let's reach the law. I, I watched Dallas and I grew up here and I see traffic on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and on Sunday in the Bible Belt. Streets don't look that full. Which tells me one glorious statement. There's a lot of people who need to be saved. And every single person out there that the enemy thought he has, he thinks he's got, we get to go back and bring back the prodigals. We get to go bring back the lost sheep. We get to go gather them in and say, oh, everything the enemy took, we get back. It all belongs to our God because we're operating in a supernatural dimension where we intercede in the Holy Spirit and we're not praying about, should I fight? We're praying about, God, is this my battle? Do you want me to, do you want me to take this? I'm not trying to fight everywhere. I just need to be faithful to my Ziklag. Where has God called you? Because the battle for Israel was happening over in the east with the Philistines and the Israelites. The whole battle for Israel. Do you think David should have been a part of that? I do. Looking back, I'm like, oh, what is he doing? He, David, if Israel gets defeated, I don't know if you know much about war, but when the bad guy wins, the bad guy rules, right? But when the Philistines beat the Israelites, the crown didn't go to the Philistines. The Bible says one of the Amalekites, the ones that David just beat, took the crown and the jewels and brought it to David. When you are faithful to where God has called you, God will win the war around you. Stop trying to fix the world when we need to take care of home, amen? Oh, we could give God a few seconds of praise right there. If you believe that he is true, he is faithful, and God is saying to you right now, hey, be faithful, be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. Stop trying to fix the world. Stop trying to call it as like, uh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, the world's winning. Oh, it's getting darker. Oh, it's getting worse. It got worse and it got dark on the day on the cross too. But guess what? While the world thought they won, it was really God who reigned. And God says, it looks like the world is winning, but don't worry about it. I'm about to bring the crown to you. I'm about to bring the jewel to you. I'm about to give you favor and victory and glory and you're gonna rule. Don't look at the world and think they're winning. Go ahead and say, oh, they can have their moment. Because the momentum is coming our way. Because I can see beyond. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 says, he'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. All that you could ask, think, or imagine. So our job today is lift our head above the fray. See beyond into your blessing, into your favor, into a greater dimension, and say, God, take me higher, take me further than I've ever gone. I wanna go do something incredible for the kingdom. Show me, I'll step up to Goliath, but the first thing I'm gonna do is say, Lord, do you want me to fight Goliath? Lord, do you, is that my call to this? Lord, where am I called to? I wonder if I can just speak to somebody's heart right now. The Lord's been talking to you during this message, 
and you've been thinking of your business, your family, your marriage, your kids, you've been thinking of some different issues in your life, let me just tell you, God's saying be faithful right where you are and I'll take care of everything else. I'll take care of everything else. I'll guide you, I'll lead you. I'll, I'll, don't worry about that. If David would have fought in the war with the Philistines and the Israelites, David would have caused the Israelites to win, which means Saul would have lived. And if Saul would have lived, he'd have been king forever. David would have never become king. Be careful of fighting the wrong fight that you were never called to fight. You'll end up causing a change that would hurt you, not help you. You gotta pray about the, the, the battles that you are called to wage war in. You, you gotta pray, which hill do you want me to take, God? And, and I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna keep speaking it because I've been saying it the whole time. Start at home. Start at home. Have a healthy marriage. Have a healthy, have, have some healthy kids. Don't try to be perfect, just be healthy. Do you go to counseling? Do you go to therapy? Do you, what, what battle do you need to fight? Because you need to. Don't, we don't go to therapy when we're crazy. We go to therapy because I am always crazy. I was born into sin. I need help all the time. I'm not gonna wait for things to fall apart. Continue to, to fight the fight that you can fight. I want you to stand with me and we're gonna pray. I believe God is calling us beyond, 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 beyond the norm. Well, Pastor Joel's talking about this and preaching about it, inspired. It's not normal to speak in tongues, to prophesy, to declare, to heal miracles, signs, and wonders. What's normal is natural. And what is natural is I was born into sin and I am dysfunctional with a capital T. I have issues. And what is normal and natural for me is usually sinful for me. But what is beyond the norm is God's grace. What is beyond the norm is God's favor, God's victory, God's supernatural touch in my life that I can see beyond who I am into who he is and I can become better than where I am today. And God is calling somebody into that greater dimension, that greater place to say, hey, let's go beyond. Let's go beyond. Is this speaking to anybody right now? Is this speaking to somebody's heart? If it is, give God a little praise right now. I wanna pray with you. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. I pray that you'd lead them, guide them, direct them. Oh, if you came with somebody, take their hand right now. If you're alone, raise your hands up, put your hands up. I want you to just, whatever you wanna do, but just get into a place of agreement with the Holy Spirit or with the people you came in and say, God, do exceedingly, do abundantly, do above and beyond all that I can ask, think, or imagine. God, if I've stopped dreaming, oh, put a new inspired dream in me. God, if I've stopped hoping, God, cause a new hope to be afresh in me. God, if I've stopped, Lord, from a place that I can see a greater glory and a greater perspective and my head and my vision, my perspective has gotten too low, raise my head above it all and help me see beyond. Help me see in a greater dimension so that I can help win back everything the enemy took. Believers with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me just tell you right now, the world has not been saved yet. And that means we still have a job to do. And our job 
is to reach the lost. Our job is to go out and be a witness. Our job is to grow the kingdom of God. Our job is to say God's glory will, will be magnified everywhere I go. The presence of God will follow me. Mercy and goodness will follow me. Miracle signs and wonders will follow me. We should not show up to church without seeing a miracle, a healing, a sign, and a wonder of God. We should show up and say, God, I'm ready for you to go beyond all that I could ask, think, or imagine. And I thank you, Lord, that you are gonna do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. And Lord, I pray for every heart and every mind and every soul right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.